Welcome to episode 99 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by the only insulin pump that doesn't have any tubing, Omnipod, and my favorite continuous glucose monitor, Dexcom. I want to thank both of our sponsors for making the podcast possible. Please remember that when you visit the links that I'll give you later in their ads that it does support the podcast and helps us keep everything uh, flowing smoothly. This episode is with Jessica Miller. Jess is the mom of a, a little boy who has type 1 diabetes and autism. Her son Scott was diagnosed with autism when he was about 18 months old and type 1 diabetes around 11 years old. Please remember that nothing you hear in the Juice Box Podcast, and I think I should have said on the Juice Box Podcast, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your health plan. My name is Jessica Miller. Um, I live in the very far northwest suburbs of Chicago, like so far that you're almost to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I have a son that has autism and type 1 diabetes. Um, he was just diagnosed in April, so it's been a, a bit of an adjustment. So um, I, oh, go ahead. I didn't even mean to cut in already, but so, but so diagnosed with type 1 in April of 2016. Yes, how so old not is he? so long ago. He is 11. And so how long, I mean, you've been aware of his autism, I imagine, most of his life? Yeah, you know, he was diagnosed when he was um, 18 months, mm -hmm. so um, it's been a, a long journey. But, uh, you know, the, the type 1 diabetes was definitely a shock and a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, did the word really come out of your mouth when the doctor told you? Did you just go, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. So, so tell me. Let's so let's talk about first. Are we going to use his name or no? Sure. Yeah. Actually, his name is Scott. So oh. easy right. to remember. <laughs> easy for okay. So Scott's diagnosed when he's eighteen months old. What are the what are the early years with autism like? And and is there severe? I you're going to forgive me a couple of times here because I'm going to ask questions that other people might know the answers to. But are there sever sure. are there severities to the autism? Yeah. So of course. Um, Autism is a spectrum disorder, and so you can have everything from completely non-functional to very high-functioning. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was diagnosed at 18 months, and we kind of figured it out because he was kind of losing his developmental milestones. He was very had the sensitivity um, to stimulus, and he would spin. This was the biggest one for 45 minutes straight, just spin and spin and spin and spin. <laughs> and so um, he would stare at lights. He was obsessed with. Um, like water and that type of thing. So when I had taken him to, we went to um, a children's hospital in Indianapolis um, and they said right away, oh yeah, definitely autism. Um, and so at, at that point we had started the journey with, um, you know, tons of therapy and, and doing everything we could. Um, and at this point at 11, almost 12 years old, he's, he's pretty high functioning. You know, he speaks, um, he's in, in, you know, a regular school, although I'll be in an autism classroom. And so, you know, we had dealt with this 
um, for many years kind of doing the ABA and, and all the things you hear about with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when we got the, the type 1 diabetes, it, it was um, somewhat of a shock and uh, a different journey that we had to travel. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. So, wow, that's a lot to absorb all of a sudden. But so, because I know. <laughs> I, so, so how do you figure it out? Like, like, I mean, obviously the spinning for 45 minutes seems out of character, but if, it, if it's an 18 month old kid, I might think, wow, I could probably like do a load of laundry while that kid's spinning in a circle. And, but, but what, <laughs> but what makes you, what makes you think that's, you know, is it just started things piling up where you're like, wow, this all doesn't make sense. Or did you, yeah. did you have any indications? Like, did you know about autism pr- prior well, um, funny enough, my mother-in-law had worked um, for Easter Seals, and so it was something kind of on the fringes of my mind. Plus, I have a couple family members um, who were on the spectrum, um, but it wasn't something that I expected of my own child. But it was just his developmental milestones. Um, he it's had what lost. Stood out. Um, yeah. Okay. Lost a lot. All right, so you're you're moving along, and so you're making what you consider to be good. You're pretty proud of your progress and his progress, and Scott's doing great, yeah. and he's 11 sure. years old, and you're going the way you want to go now. Yeah. <laughs> did he spin in a circle again at 11, or how did you figure out the diabetes? Which which which, which what, well, what what um, indicator got you there? <laughs> so the diabetes, um, and actually, I kick myself as probably most moms do because they don't catch it. You yeah, know, you should. Um, and at the time, we had just moved like a month previous mm-hmm. um, to a different um, suburb. And so I had been so preoccupied with moving and packing and getting the movers ready and finding a new house. Um, and the signs were there, but I just didn't see them mm-hmm. and I didn't acknowledge them. Um, and he, my son had actually stayed a weekend at my mother-in-law's house again, bless her, <laughs> And my uh, father-in-law has type 2 diabetes. And so when he came back, they told my husband, hey, you know, um, that we think there's something going on with him. He seems to be using the bathroom a lot and all those signs. And my husband, bless him, (laughs) he he forgot to tell me. And so like on a Monday morning at like 10 o'clock, he was at work and he sent me a text message and he said, hey, you know, I think this is something we need to be concerned about. My parents brought this up and I was like, oh no. Mm. <laughs> and it hit me, you know, all the, the things that I had seen, um, the thirst and all that. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Mo- it's like that moment in a bad movie where all the, uh, all the things that happened throughout the movie, uh, get shown to you in one, in one brief blast and you're like oh yeah yeah, it all added up right there didn't it and i had had sent him to school that morning and i thought oh well what what do i do now you know (laughs) and so i called my doctor and i said you know he has all these symptoms and i really think he has type 1 diabetes and um the the appointment person at the doctor's office said oh well we can't get him in for like a week because we're booked and i thought oh what do I do now? <laughs> you know, and, and that's all they said. Oh, we can't get them in. We can schedule them for like next Friday. And I was like, okay, well, um, I guess I should make that appointment. And then right. I got off the phone and I was like, you know, type one diabetes could be really serious. Mm. And I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. How would you know? So I thought, well, maybe I should pick them up from school and just, you know, go, maybe go to the emergency room. <laughs> right. Good so for you. I picked them up for school and here's the thing with autism because um, a lot of autistic kids love their routine. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I'm breaking his routine. You know, a mom shows up in the middle of the day and, you know, he hates doctors. Um, and so I said, well, we're just going to go get you checked out, you know, Scott. And 
And he was like, well, he, he was very upset about me picking up from school. And then he was like, well, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. Do I have to get a shot? And I'm like, well, you know, we'll just kind of see. I was just trying to keep it real low key. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, he has kind of anxiety too. And I, I really didn't, you know, want to make it worse than it already was. You know, trying to kick in every trigger at the same time to right. go find out you have diabetes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we go to the hospital and we have a very good um, pediatric emergency room. And I thought, yeah, walking in, I thought, well, yeah, I feel kind of bad. Like, I don't want to, you know, take up the emergency room or people who actually have emergencies. Um, this is my thoughts at the time. Yeah. And I, I take him, and, and he's kind of freaking out. And I said, you know, he's got all the symptoms. And, and they kind of looked at me, and, and I'm like, oh, by the way, he has autism too. And they, they just kind of were like the fear, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, is he going to, like, melt down in the middle of our, our emergency room? So they took us straight back, and, you know, his blood sugar was 500 or just under 500. And they said, well, if it would have been 500, he would have had to go into the ICU. And, and you know, we went from there. It, it was uh, definitely a shock, and my my son was freaking out. But the doctors were all very good at, at working with him, and um, you know they they kind of knew that, that that he was kind of a different patient. Mm-hmm. So well, that's good. I mean, listen, you, sometimes all you can hope for is a little bit of understanding, so that yeah, 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 so they can do you know at least the, the best they can for Scott. So he gets so there's a lot of interesting things in here. So once he's diagnosed. I mean, you know, you, you, no one no one enjoys being stuck with a needle, but Scott maybe more so than other people. So yeah. do you get a handful of needles? Is that what they send you home with, like a pen or needles, or what do they yeah. give you? Yeah, they send us home with the, like, I guess probably the standard introductory set. You know, you got needles. You <laughs> I never got, heard it put that way. That's great. You got your little kit. You know, you got your, your Rufus the Diabetes Bear. Um, and actually, they probably... My son, the whole time he was in the hospital, he was like, I want to go home. I want to go home. He was, like, obsessed about it. Yeah. Um, and it's called, like, perseveration. Um, so I think the nurses probably got a little sick of hearing <laughs> hearing about how he wanted to go home. And we got to go home in two days um, instead of three. But then the third day we had to do, like, outpatient stuff. Yeah. But so they sent us home. But the thing is, um, a lot of kids with autism are very practical, very logical. Mm-hmm. So he kind of knew... Um, okay. He was like, okay, my life sucks now. And, and so I just kind of explained it to him like, okay, kid, you know, we call it the double whammy. You got the double whammy, you know, this is how it is. This is what we have to deal with. This is what we have to do. And he has been an amazing kid dealing with all the things he has to deal with. So, I, so I, that's really cool. But I, I have a question. So, yeah. and again, I'm going to, I'm probably going to sound stupid a number of times through this, but, but with autism, with your son's autism, does he think of himself as different or does he not? Well, so there's a lot of different ways people approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends who never talk to it with their kids. You know, they they kind of keep it on the down low. With him, we've always been really open. We're like, mm-hmm. hey, you're like no other person. You just have this thing. You know, it's like an extra challenge. And we explain it to our kids that everybody has like some kind of challenge that they have to overcome. Right. Um, and so he knows that he has autism. He doesn't particularly like having it, but um, he knows that he has it. Um, and he'll say, sometimes he'll say something like, um, well, you know, I have this autism thing. And so um, that's what makes me different. Mm-hmm. And I think him getting diabetes, that was a, it, it's been rough for him because he already knows he's different and now he's extra different. Yeah. Um, 
so and I was before I was going to talk to you, Scott. I did a little bit of research um, on some numbers. Okay. And um, hey, listen, you've just out-researched me for the podcast. You make me look bad, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Autism Speak says that one in 45 children in the U.S. have autism. Um, so that's about, um, well, and then if you talk about kids with diabetes, so there's um, 208,000 kids um, who have, under the age of 20, who have diabetes. Okay. Um, and 18,000 new diagnoses a year. So. I do math badly, but if you figure it out, that's about 4,500 kids in the U.S. that have both autism and type 1, which isn't a huge number. But, um, yeah, what a club, huh? You, you, I know. There's, there's, um, that's just a rough number, but that, right. and that doesn't include adults. Um, so I know there's a group of people out there, um, and luckily I've been able to connect through social media, on Facebook, and other forums with other parents that have the same challenges that I do. Okay. Um, and I wanted to mention to your listeners that there is a Facebook page called Autism and Type 1 Diabetes. It has about 500 members, but it's a great group of people who can um, talk about the special challenges that, that we have um, with sensory issues and dealing with schools. Um, you know, we've already had the IEP, so adding the diabetes portion wasn't that difficult. Um, <laughs> I need another I paragraph, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wanted to let your listeners know that there are other people out there that have autism and have diabetes, and it is a special challenge, but, um, you know, it's... It's definitely something that can be dealt with, and um, there's parents out there that can um, help support you and who have been through this before. So, so it, it would occur to me that by the time diabetes gets to you, you're near a decade with autism. Yeah. You, you, you obviously are a resilient group at your house, and how much did that – what's the word? How much of the callus – that you've built up over a decade with autism, did it help you with the diabetes? Like, do, do you think, because I talk about sometimes that, that since my daughter's had type one for so long, that there are things that happen in life that just seem benign at this point that I know that prior to diabetes, I may have been a little upset about. Yeah. Uh, um, are you just, are you just the calmest <laughs> person ever? Like, like this, what would have to happen to get you upset? With like, that? <laughs> like if the roof blew off the house, would you just go get a tarp? Do you think, or well, I, I, I probably, my husband and I probably, um, are just probably resilient people, but it was a shock at first. It took me about a month. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it takes other people longer, but it took, it me, took longer. me about yeah. a month and, and it, it, I just didn't expect it. Sure. I mean, I thought, oh, my kid has this, and this is what he's going to have. You only you know? get one thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it occurred to me now, after speaking with you and listening to your show, that there's, you know, diabetes touches everybody. It doesn't, it's just not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. There's, there's, I'm sure there's kids with Down syndrome that have type 1 diabetes, you know, other physical impairments, disabilities. Um, it's not, like, you don't. Sometimes you don't get one thing, you know, sometimes you might, you might get more than one. Um, <laughs> so, and, and these specialized groups of people, it's very, um, it makes you feel very alone when, cause you get used to like the autism support groups. And then now you had like, now your, your support group doesn't quite understand. It's something out of their, their range of, um, comfort, you know? Yeah. You can understand, you know, if your child has type 1 diabetes and you're a member of a type 1 support group, everyone kind of has a commonality. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the same thing. It's almost like I felt like I lost my family, even though, you know, I can still talk to, to people with autism. 
Um, no, I hear what you're saying though. Like, so you added something new that they couldn't relate to, and all of a sudden you're an outlier. In a group of outliers, you're an outlier. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think that's you know, luckily that you know, some you know, someone sent me a link to this Facebook group, and I was just like, it was so awesome to talk to people who um, kind of understood both mm-hmm. and and to be a support um, for for each other. But even to talk to just a type one diabetes group, um, they don't quite understand. I can imagine. <laughs> the yeah. autism no, I can imagine. Is it a private group? The Facebook group you belong to? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. But if people want to join, they can send a request. Um, and you know, there's certain guidelines that they have. Uh, we try to keep it non-political. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and try to just be a support group. Um, you don't. You don't do things like say, uh, "Oh, I saw in another group how a mom was upset because." Her kid's uh, nurse forgot to call at lunch, and you go, ha, 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 ha. Silly, yeah. silly people in their small problems. <laughs> yeah, Nothing we like that. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. positive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, and I don't know if I should open this can of worms, but being a member of autism support groups, you know, you get a certain um, a certain fraction of those people who might have some type of um, belief that, that maybe vaccines cause autism. And I find that you... You get that same thing with diabetes. Um, it's sort of some of the same issues and some of the same very contentious, you know, <laughs> um, topics. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting. I think, I think that it's very, it's, it's human nature very much to want to know why something happened. And when, exactly. when there's really no way to know anything, yeah. anything seems like a good answer because it's an answer. You know? yeah. So I, I don't, I don't misunderstand, you know. Excuse me. I I understand when people uh, look into things like that. And, yeah, and want, people want to find something. a reason um, and want to to know why. Yeah, and sometimes the why is you're not able to know. Let me let me ask you this. This is a tough question, maybe. Um, we're walking down the beach. We see a bottle. I let you rub it. A genie comes out. <clears throat> he gives you one wish. Which, but you can only make one go away. Which one do you make go away, the autism or the diabetes? Oh, the diabetes. (laughs) I don't even have to think about that one. (laughs) That's really interesting. I just, that's, and tell me why. Um, I just, I think, well, maybe it's just because I had dealt with autism a lot longer and, Mm -hmm. and I'm blessed that my son is pretty high functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, if maybe he was lower functioning, I would want the autism to go away. But um, the diabetes is just right now, it's just, you know, kind of a, a lifelong thing he'll have to deal with. And and on top of that, the autism makes it hard for him to self-care, which is something that we're really working on with him. Um, I don't know what the future holds for him. When he's 18 or 20, is he going to be able to live by himself and to be able to take care of the diabetes? Right. Um, no, I, no, that's... I mean, were you concerned about him living by himself prior to the diabetes? Um, I was, but not as much. Not as much. I figured he could figure it out. He's he can figure things out. You know, if if we spend some time explaining things to him, he can figure it out. And he's done really well with the diabetes. Right. Um, he prefers me to do it, but he, if necessary, <laughs> he'll take care of it. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is the um, two days ago, uh, Arden's school changed something about their server and of course didn't tell anybody. So, yeah. uh, yesterday she goes into school and all of a sudden I can't see her Dexcom CGM anymore. In a moment, I'm going to try to be thoughtful and witty and turn this server story into a learning situation. But first, how about an ad? Okay. I want you to imagine you're looking at a blood sugar that's 140 and you're a person who manages with needles or, 
or a syringe. I guess needles and syringe are the same thing. A pen or a syringe. Be honest and ask yourself, would I inject to try to make a 140 blood sugar a 90 blood sugar? Would I inject to try to make a 120 blood sugar a 90 blood sugar? My guess is no. My experience tells me that when I was with my daughter, it didn't feel valuable enough to stick her with a needle to get her blood sugar to move 20 or 30 points. But when you go to your endocrinologist and you look at your A1C and you say, oh, I wish it was a little lower. How could it be a little lower? That's the way. If you stop and think about 30 points a day over 24 hours, you know, that's the difference between another point in your A1C. And so if you have an insulin pump, you can look down and see a 140 blood sugar and say, I'm going to bolus for that. I'm going to give myself insulin and try to make this 140, 90. I'm going to try to make this 110, a 90. I'm going to try to make, I don't know, a 150, a 130. I'm going to try to push my blood sugar down closer to where I want it to be. I can make these sort of fine adjustments and, and maybe, you know, send these small micro boluses or up my basal rate or, or whatever it ends up being just to move your blood sugar that little bit. There's a billion other reasons you want an insulin pump, but I'm, I'm just talking about this one specific one right now. If you want finer control, in my opinion, you need an insulin pump. And in my opinion, if you're gonna get an insulin pump, you're gonna to wanna to get an Omnipod. If that sounds like something you're interested in, please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out more. Omnipod would be happy to send you out a free non-functioning demo pod just so you can get a feel for how it looks on you and how it feels before you make any big decisions. At first, I was like, well, we'll wait and see. Like, it might just work itself out. You know, I, I took the, let's see if it works itself out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but also, But also, I thought, well, this is good because, I, you know, I sent her a text. I said, look, you're going to need to be more aware of what your, your, your glucose monitor is telling you now. Like, don't yeah. just count on me to get an alarm and know. And, you know, and things like that. Because, you know, you said that autism makes it harder, which obviously it does. Being a person makes diabetes harder. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, just not wanting... Or to yeah, to deal with it, or, <laughs> or just not always being aware. You know, you're just off living the other part of your life, and you're not thinking twenty four seven about this thing. Yeah. And, and so I sort of took it as a good thing, and I found out there's some sort of certificate or packet or something we have to download on our phone now, uh, which I need to get done before I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow because oh, I, no. <laughs> I, I really, I really need it to work tomorrow. Um, but, but. The, I, I do think also these days are valuable where she just is kind of forced to do it, you, you know, so sure. there's, I'm not on the other end and, and she can kind of do it. And I'm not, I don't feel nervous about it at all. I feel very calm about it. I think, I think yeah. these things need to happen, you know, but yeah. at the same time, when you're talking about your son moving out one day and needing to take care of type one diabetes as a person with autism, I guess I would be really nervous about that. That doesn't yeah. sound like something I would just be like, oh, it'll be all right. It'll work it's itself fine. right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, what yeah. is, how do you picture your life? Like, like when you look ahead, like I'll joke and say like Arden's going to leave for college and then I'm going to sleep for a month. Like that's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to go to sleep and I'll wake up in like 30 days maybe. But, but I know that's not exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. What is your What's your pipe dream and what do you think the reality is? Well, you know, I just, I don't try to look that far ahead because honestly, I don't really know. The next um, big thing that I'm worried about is actually driving because um, he's 11, almost mm -hmm. 12. And so that's coming up in what, like four or five years. I see. Um, 
And so I try, I guess I try not to think of far that far ahead because I just, I don't know. I don't have the answers. Yeah. Um, I guess you need to live the years to figure out what the answers to the next questions are. And, really. and autism is constantly changing. Like something that he might not be able to do today, he could do tomorrow. Like riding a bike was such a big challenge for us. Right. Um, did I have to teach him how to ride a bike? No, but I felt like it was like a valuable life skill that he should know. Like what if he can't drive, then he'll need to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. But the whole motor skills thing was just very difficult. Um, and so he actually took a special class through like special Olympics and they taught him how to ride a bike That's and they cool. broke it down step by step by step, you know? And so he was able to do it. Now, does he enjoy riding a bike? No, he hates it. But, um, <laughs> it's something that he can do. It's a skill that he has. And, um, we're going to have to approach the rest of life the same way, you yeah. know, step by step. And if he needs a little extra help, then so be it, you know? But I will say we just recently got a Dexcom. We've had it for like four weeks. And it is an amazing tool. <laughs> Do not take my Dexcom away. Um, <laughs> and we're hoping that he can get the Omnipod um, hopefully by the end of the year. He's being very resistant to it because it's a sensory thing. Um, and we kind of made a deal with him like, hey, let's get the Dexcom first and see how that works out. And then um, hopefully we'll be able to move to the Omnipod. I know that a regular pump is just not going to work for him because of sensory issues and the tubing and all that stuff. Um, So I'm really hoping that he will allow us to use that technology. What Um, is your finding so far with the Dexcom that once it's on, does he forget about it eventually? Or um, is he always sort of aware of it? He's sort of aware of it with him. Um, It kind of has to be his idea. And so I kind of pitched it to him like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You won't need to do as many finger sticks and um, you'll be able to know. And we got him the Pebble Watch. So he wears that to school. Okay. Um, So he can kind of keep an eye on it. But then he kind of gets anxious about it. Like if he sees that he's going up high or he's going down low, he's like, I'm going high. I'm going high. And it's like, okay, it's okay. You just ate like an hour ago, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So then he can. So it almost does give him anxiety to be able to see it. Yeah, there's been times when I've actually have turned the watch face off just because like the other night he was just high and he wouldn't come down and it was he was just being stubbornly high and he was freaking out about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to switch the watch face off so he can't see it. <laughs> I wonder how much of his, I mean, how much do you see the, the high blood sugar affecting his personality too? Well, you know, that's interesting. And I don't know the answer to that because I kind of think he might have had diabetes for quite some time and I just didn't know about it. And I don't know how the disease progresses, but, um, you know, his behavior last year was really bad at school to the Mm -hmm. point where they were considering um, putting him in like an autism um, self-contained like school. Um, And then once he was diagnosed, and I don't know how much of this is just maturity or growing up, but he's been almost, I mean, he hasn't had any behaviors at all at school. And so um, definitely when he gets the high blood sugar, he gets kind of like crazy and (laughs) totally and um but you know he's been pretty much doing really well with it and he's been so much better and i just don't really know like how long you know his pancreas was (laughs) holding out with the last gas um and how much of that contributed to his acting the way yeah yeah. i mean because it does have a lot to do with it arden was really snippy with me the other day yeah. And I was like, your blood sugar is low. And she, you know, 
and you know, I don't, she was low, low ish. I guess she was like 60 and, yeah. and she's like, no. And then I was like, no, look, let's look. And she looked and it was sick cause she was low and we ate something and thought it was going to do it. And then it just didn't do anything. Yeah. That's and, always yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and, but, but just her, you know, her personality immediately turned and I was like, Hey, it's cool. Like just, but let's, let's get your blood sugar up a little bit. And she, yeah. Yeah, but she was, she was not pleasant. And then when they're high, I mean, that really, I don't know if people have a, um, all the time have a, a real feeling for what it's like, but you know, the more sugar that's in your blood, the thicker your blood is and the, the viscosity, it makes you feel crappy all over your body, you know, and, not, yeah. and, and you're cloudy and it's hard to think. And then on top of that, you're, you have autism and, and, you know, geez, yeah. I mean, he might and feel, he yeah, never, who knows how he, he feels. He never volunteers things. So like he could have, he never told me anything that was going on. Cause he, though he talks and he can have a conversation with you. He just doesn't volunteer things like, right. you know, like I feel bad today or my throat hurts. He doesn't, he doesn't, he would just uh, go on contact. and on without, without anybody knowing. Yeah, he yeah. could be sick and he would never tell me. And so who knows how long he had diabetes or it was developing or, you know, he might have had sort of a working pancreas. Um, but definitely the behavior is a big factor with diabetes. Um, and, and and that's what I want um, people with any kind of special need, especially if it affects your communication, to understand is to, to look out for the signs of diabetes because it could have honestly been very bad. It could have gone a very bad way. Sure. Um, and and. Uh, what I want people to know is diabetes could affect anybody, you know, um, well, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't have any, um, favorites. I'm about to say some crazy funny stuff about getting divorced, but before that, let's talk about Dexcom. The Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system is the first FDA approved device to let you make treatment decisions without pricking your finger. No pricking. Just think about what that means. Sure, less finger sticks, but that's just the beginning. The future, my friends, is now. To begin managing your type 1 diabetes with the same great technology that has helped us to keep Arden's A1C between 5.8 and 6.2 for over three years, visit www.dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or click on the link in your show notes. Oh, you know what? Hey, I, I nearly forgot. I have to read the disclaimer here. <clears throat> Fingers, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> this is it, <clears throat> you're gonna hit, <clears throat> hold on, <clears throat> you almost heard a man die on a podcast, finger sticks are still required for calibration or if your systems, systems, oh, one more time, finger sticks are still required for calibration or if your symptoms or expectations do not match readings or when taking medications containing acetaminophen. Okay, I don't know if you made it through all that, but I hope you did. I hope you go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to find out more. It supports us. It supports the podcast. It keeps the podcast coming. And more importantly, it helps you to live way, 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 way better with type 1 diabetes. That is my opinion. That's not part of the ad. All right, let's get back to it. I'm going to say some funny stuff. It's funny because you said something earlier that I think is a very common kind of human feeling. Like, well, I already have this. Like, I'm not going to get two things. Right. You, yeah. You know, like, like that wouldn't be fair. You, you right. know, like, like, and and it does. I mean, I my mind works that way. Like, I really here here's one for you. 
I don't think a lot of my friends listen to this. The more people I know who get divorced, the more I feel like I won't ever get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, right. the odds are we can't all get divorced, can we? Yeah. You, you know? And so so secretly when people get divorced, I'm a little like, oh, right on. Like, that's good yeah. for me. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. That and, increases my chances, right? Yeah. Which, of course, <laughs> is patently ridiculous. Yeah. It, right? And, you know, you bump into – I bumped into somebody today who I'm about to have – um shoulder surgery I have to have my my rotator cuff repaired and some bones like reshaped and I had an accident when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I didn't have medical insurance so I just went home and I was like so Tylenol and ice this ought to handle it yeah this, this will be great yeah. <laughs> and so years and years later of course it's not uh, and I ended up telling somebody that this morning and that person said to me oh I just had to have that I, I just found out I need that surgery too but when I got the MRI they found out I had lymphoma Oh, and I no. was like, holy God, like, that's nuts, y- yeah. y- you know? And, but then I realized, like, the conversations that people have are so important. Like, the one you're having now is going to help somebody else, and the one I'm having. And when I spoke to him, he told me something. What he found out was the only reason his doctor found his lymphoma is because he had worked with a patient who also needed a, a shoulder surgery who ended up having lymphoma. And so yeah. since the doctor had seen it once before, he he paid more attention to a couple of things the next time. It's how all these things, you know, how everybody gets better and how everybody learns and, and how you find yeah. people who are struggling with things similar to you that you would have no other way to find these people. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have friends. Um, I, I know a lot of people within the special needs community. Um, I have friends where their, their son had a heart transplant at one month old. Now, I don't know if they've ever thought about type 1 diabetes, mm-hmm. but... It's something that even though you had something terrible happen to you or your child, you know, diabetes could, it could happen to you. It Other things mean could happen to you. something else isn't going to go wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and to me, it never like occurred to me. I was like, oh, my kid has autism, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're done. Yeah. 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 yeah so. I, I mean, my daughter has other special needs um, and now she's petrified of getting type 1 diabetes and. And when we were in the hospital, they said, well, who in your family has type 1 diabetes? And I was like, nobody. You know, I don't know where this came from. Um, <laughs> what about other, like, endocrine issues? Do you, do you see any of that in your family? Uh, people have, uh, like, celiac or thyroid conditions or anything like that? Um, not really, no. no. I think um, my husband has an aunt, maybe, that had some thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. But nothing, you know, like nothing Like overwhelming, major. yeah. Yeah. And so it, I just had no idea. It just, like, I had never really been around anyone with diabetes um my my husband's father has type 2 diabetes um my father was actually just recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes um but it never really i hadn't really been around it i had no idea in fact i am embarrassed of my stupidity when it came (laughs) to the difference between the two and it took my kid getting diagnosed for me to kind of understand Oh, now, you know, now I understand the difference. Type like 1 to type I, 2. I, I never really, I thought it was kind of all the same. I didn't really understand that type 1 was autoimmune disease. Um, I just thought type 1 was diabetes that kids got. I don't know. It's but, understandable. Um, I, somebody just asked me the other day, at, at what age Arden's going to outgrow this? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And it's just because of the word juvenile. You know, yeah. when the JDRF came out, it was the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And now... There are still some people who just think, oddly, that it's a disease that can only affect you while you're a child. 
Yeah, and, and that's I, why I make it a point now when I talk to people to say, well, type 1 is autoimmune disease and type 2 is, you know, basically your body doesn't um, use the insulin that it might produce. So I try to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To you're trying to spread the, the word. Because... <laughs> uh, I'm kind of embarrassed at my overall, my general lack of understanding before my son was diagnosed. Yeah. And I worked with people who had type 1 diabetes, and I just, I didn't, didn't understand. I grew um, up with a very good friend that had it, and when Arden was diagnosed, I realized how little I understood about it. So, yeah, it, I think it's pretty, underst- uh, that's all reasonable. Uh, let me ask you, let me ask you this, about the, so you've had, you've been living, let's see, April, May, June, July, August, seven months with diabetes-ish, seven months-ish, and you just got a glucose monitor. What's the difference before and after with the glucose monitor? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> um, it's 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 so, somewhat actually. Um, I w- probably worry about his blood sugar more than I did before because I can I can see it. Mm-hmm. So like this weekend, he was high all weekend, and um, nothing was bringing it down. Like I don't know what's going on with him. I think I need some corrections. Need to talk to the endocrinologist. But having that information is. Um, just so handy and not only that but he went on a camping trip with his boy scout troop it was three days now dad tagged along but he was able to kind of hang out on the fringes and not um be right up his butt yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that was just such um so you're you're using it more as it's more of a safety tool for you at the moment right it is yeah Yeah. Um, are you looking forward to Having it help you more with the blood sugar management too? Yeah, I mean, it has helped us somewhat. Um, you know, I can do a correction at two hours now instead of waiting mm-hmm. until he eats. Um, so it's somewhat, you know, it's been helpful in that way. Um, it did catch a really bad low one night. Um, he was like down to 50. And we had actually had just gotten the deck, so we'd only had it maybe like three or four days. And I didn't have the low settings set up quite right. And so it didn't alert alert me till it was like a urgent urgent low, right. and that's like frightening. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was terrifying. But um, I would tell you that I wouldn't even, here. Listen, if this makes you feel better, <laughs> I don't think it's fifty as being all that low. So, um, and you won't one day either. Not that you want to be fifty or that you won't want to correct it immediately. But I don't. Yeah. I don't feel panicky till like thirty five. Oh. <laughs> then I'm like, hey, okay. I think the lowest we've gotten down to has been like maybe 43. You're doing great. And so, <laughs> so, so, okay. So let, let's take uh do you, do you want to talk about it for a second? Like talk like nuts and bolts of it for a second? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, cause you said you were high all weekend and, um, then that makes me sad because that happens to everybody. It happens yeah. to us. And I know what it's like to get stuck and then just be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, do you think if you had a pump, if you were able to talk him into the Omnipod, do you think you would have? handled the weekend differently because I, I always wonder how much of watching those highs be high when you're doing injections is just not wanting to inject like actually literally poke somebody with a with a needle again Does- well he doesn't seem to mind um you know he he's not very he's not very anti shots mm-hmm. he um he doesn't he's never really complained like oh don't give me a shot but then you said um, also he won't speak up so do you think it's possible that he I, I'm, I'm gonna break your heart here but do you think it's possible he doesn't like it he just won't tell you well he, uh, yeah i mean it's possible <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Jess is like hey buddy like, shut up let me live in my bubble all right <laughs> i don't want to think about that um, no. <laughs> but um, i'm sorry so, <laughs> well 
And then the ing- I called the ing- endocrinologist because he was like he was high, and mm-hmm. it was the first time. This was just last week. It was the first time he was like high, high, and it kind of freaked me out. And I think he's kind of coming out of that honeymoon. Um, okay. And I just I, he wouldn't come down, and so I called her, and I was like, um, "Hi, <laughs> remember me?" But yeah, remember so, but you? Like, She's like, "Oh my god, yeah, I think about you every day." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right back. yeah. That, I guess maybe that's the nice thing about having a, a double whammy kid is that uh, you get a good attention. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so she calls me right back, and I was like, "I don't, I, I don't know what to do." I was like, "I gave him, you know, correction um, two hours ago." I just gave him another correction like 20 minutes ago and he's just not coming down. And so she was very nice to understanding. She, she just told me exactly what to do. And he eventually did come down. Mm-hmm. But it's so frustrating when you have that dex and you just see it like hanging out it. there. What, you do know, like, you, what do you mean by high? Where, where, where was he? So when he was high, high, he was like 500, 600. It was wow. high, high. Like, <laughs> But um, it's really frustrating to me, and maybe this isn't such a big deal. I don't know. I'm not that far along in the journey, but just to watch him hang out at, like, 250 the whole weekend is just like, oh, if he could just come down. Like, that would be great. So so, do, so here's what I would say. Like, if you if – you, if I was your endocrinologist, which I'm not, which by the way, you almost said endocrinologist, which I'm going to use at some point. That was fantastic. You kind of yeah. like, you kind of tripped for a second when you were speaking. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> is she going to say endocrinologist? Because that's so good. Um, but, but nevertheless, sorry. Nevertheless, um, like if you would have called me, which you would have no reason to do that, because hey, let's say it right here, Jess. I'm not a doctor, and nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered <laughs> advice, medical or otherwise. But if you were to have called me like a friend. I would have been like, "Hey, let's really get a lot more insulin going." So, well, how much? What did you do? Like, what did you try? Your podcast has made me a lot more braver. Um, first of all, I knew nothing about pre-bolusing, um, and I kind of mentioned it at one point to the doctor, and she goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can do that. That's something you can do." But <laughs> um, I, I kind of feel like when you get the diabetes diagnosis. They tell you they tell you the basics, and it's like, why don't they tell you more? Like, well, they should tell you about this pre-bolusing thing. This is amazing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, it's funny. We call it pre-bolusing because it needs a name, but yeah. all it really is is understanding how the insulin works. Like, yeah. like, right? It's not like magic. Like, if you give the insulin sooner, everything works out better because that's a thing. It, it takes a while for insulin to begin working. No one, no one ever tells you that. Like, like, no one ever says. Like imagine, I think it's very simple, right? If if you're driving and, you know, we know how brakes work. You step on a brake and your car stops. What if you stepped on a brake and then it was like five, four, three, two, one, and then the brakes worked? Yeah. And no one told you that when you drove away the first time. They just said, hey, you step on that one to stop. You, you, you know what I mean? It's really, yeah. the same, it's really the same thing. Like we have to explain to me that the brakes don't work. It's not instantaneous. Yeah. Um, but no one does that because... I mean, at this point, God only knows why. Like, why would no one tell you that? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge for us for that, to use that technique, is just getting him to wait 15 minutes because he's like, I want to eat right now. You know, he's almost a teenage boy. So as (laughs) soon as you make it, as soon as you make the injection, he feels like that's eating time. Well, and the other other issue that we have, and I don't know if this is um, unique to people with autism or children with autism, um, he is a selective eater. So there's only like 10 things he eats in the world, okay. um, which which kind of complicates um, diabetes care. The whole, like, let's eat low carb. That's not going to work for us because all he eats is carbs. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, when you only eat 10 things in the world, it makes it a little difficult. Um, 
So, um, yeah, pre-bolusing works really well because he eats a lot of high carb things. Um, so I'm, and I'm listening to your podcast. Um, you know, you said, Oh, you know, be brave. You know, you're talking, you were talking about Arden and how you were, um, you know, getting in there with the insulin and with the decks, you're really able to, to have that, um, that information in front of you to use. Um, and so that has made me a little bit more, um, I guess trigger happy with the insulin. <laughs> well, listen. Here's here's what I think. It, very very kind of simplistically, if no matter what he ate, right? If if you if you gave him insulin and he ate a meal and you thought you gave enough insulin to keep him, you know, where you wanted him, which was what what's your target? What are you shooting for? Oh, his target is one fifty. Okay, so you're shooting for one fifty, and you end up at five hundred. Yeah. Then in my head, maybe you didn't have enough insulin by. Maybe two thirds. Yeah, you, you know, and so, um, you know, it, it, you you stop and think about how much insulin did it take to eventually correct and bring him back, and you didn't actually bring him back. It sounds like he, he came back to two fifty. That insulin probably the next time you have that meal should all be mealtime insulin. Yeah, right. I've been taking notes and that type of thing. Um, and it's hard because, like, for instance, he was trying to eat chicken fries the other day. And I don't know if the published, um, it was a major manufacturer of chicken fries, mm-hmm. if the published carbs were just not right. But whatever's in those chicken fries, like, makes him <laughs> shoot up <laughs> super high. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I don't understand. It's just chicken and a little breading. I mean, um, who knows what they put in them? It's some kind of, <laughs> 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 maybe they add sugar to the chicken fries. Who knows? But so we finally finished that bag and I'm thinking, I'm not buying those again because, right. and then he's like, I want that. And you know, when he only eats chicken, chicken nuggets, chicken fries, chicken, whatever, you know, <laughs> just let me tell you about the worst year of my life. When I told my children, I'm not buying you frozen chicken ever again. Yeah. I'm going to buy chicken and cuddle up and bread it and bake it for you or fry it for you, whatever I'm yeah. going to end up doing with it. This is how it's always going to be. <laughs> the first countless number of meals was just complaining the entire yeah. time. They just complained. I want to use the B word. They just complained and they complained and they complained yeah. and they wouldn't shut up. And I had to <laughs> say to them, shut up, please. And, st- and so finally I kept saying, what you think chicken tastes like, it doesn't taste like. Yeah, it doesn't taste like that. This I- is chicken. And yeah. it's my fault. I'm sorry. I, I, It was really easy to give you frozen chicken nuggets when you were a kid. And I feel bad about <laughs> it now. And we're not doing it ever again. Yeah. But eventually they gave up. And yeah. just they don't complain to me anymore. So. <laughs> we did actually when my son was like he's about six. He did almost a year of feeding therapy, um, and it was little to moderate success. <laughs> so, but after a year of going weekly to this feeding therapy, he will now sometimes occasionally try a new food. So. <laughs> Well, listen, oh. then maybe my son has autism too because I can't get him to eat anything different either. Like like uh, quite literally. He'll he'll try yeah. something and he'll go, "All right, it, like if you force him to try it, he tries." He goes, "Yeah, it was fine. Eat it again." No, I'm not going yeah. to. Tell you. He's no. 16 and as far as I can tell functions normally and he just won't, <laughs> and he just he doesn't try anything. Now. Well, it was really bad, like to the point where we were having World War Three every night. You know, we did the you have to eat it. You can't leave the table till you eat it. This is what's for dinner. And the kid will just starve. Yeah. He, <laughs> like, he is like not having it. And so <laughs> I um, like the thought of him looking at you going, this is where I die then right here yeah, at this table. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to die here. Man. So when we did the feeding therapy because we needed help, it was just ugly. Um, they said, you know. Don't make it World War Three. Let him pick out what he's going to eat and try to encourage him to eat new things. Like, offer it. And if he doesn't want to eat it, 
fine. Yeah. So um, by using kind of the techniques that they taught us, you know, he'll eat strawberries now, which is, that's great. He'll mm-hmm. eat a banana now, which he would never have touched before. Um, no, he great. will lick an orange. So <laughs> um, there you go. Vitamin C. He'll lick an orange. Um, I wish yeah. I wish I could just call the episode he'll lick an orange, but it's not descriptive <laughs> enough to explain yeah. to people what we're talking about. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Um, so we just try to work with what we have and if it's, um, you know, wheat bread. Okay, great. Wheat bread. You that's a, you yeah. know, he'll eat peanut butter. So that's good, I guess. Um, no, good for, listen, I mean, I can't imagine I'm trying to be lighthearted, but I can't imagine what it's like. And that's, <laughs> it sounds like you're doing a great job. I would, you know, I would say this about the, you have the glucose monitor now and, you know, I, I probably say it too much, but, you know, I would take those 500s or 250s. I would just take them as examples of you know i did this and then this happened yeah so next time i should do this you know maybe more or maybe sooner or or whatever it ends up being or less or whatever the situation is but try not to feel like i know it's hard but try not to feel like you're it's a failure i think it's just it's just good data for next time and eventually if you if you heat it enough then those things kind of don't happen anymore i mean there's still please don't get me wrong there's still once in a while where you know, I mean, it happened to me the other day. I was just like, what happened? You, yeah. you know, like I just, I didn't understand what happened. And I'll tell you What's what happened. What's going on here? Oh my God. <laughs> so Arden comes home from school and she's always a little lower at the end of the school day. And, you know, she comes home, she's like, I'm going to have a snack. And I was like, okay. And she looked around and she's like, I'm going to have these like baked, we had like baked lays. And she's like, we're going to, I'm going to have some of these baked lays. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and even though she was like 70, I said, go ahead and bowl us for, I think it was 15 carbs for a serving. And mm-hmm. I said, go ahead and bowl us for 10 of the 15 carbs. And um, and she was in a hurry. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just getting over cold. And, and uh, she's in a hurry. And instead of taking some out and putting them like in a bowl, she just grabbed the bag and she went and did her homework. Yeah. And so everything's going great. And, you know, is your homework done? It is. I said, oh, good. Get dressed for, I think she had softball practice. I was like, get dressed for softball practice. She gets dressed. We go over on the field. And, of course, she loses her signal for about a half an hour because she walks down to a batting cage. But I didn't yeah. care because she was like 110 when she walked down. I'm like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. fine. Yeah, because she's I'm fine. so good at this, it's not really going to be a problem, right? And yeah. she comes back up from the batting cage, and she's like 260, two up. And I'm like, what the heck? What? What you, you know, I was like, what? like, did the pump fall off? Like, what happened? Like, you know. And I and I give her a bunch of insulin, just blindly bolus two units. Just <laughs> I'm like, just through the fence. Yeah, and the practice ends 15 minutes later, and I get her home, and it's 3:30, and it's yeah. going up and up, and we're testing, and she's like almost 400. I'm like, what is happening? And so it wasn't, it didn't look like it was the pump, so I gave her more insulin, and and I stopped finally. And I was like, okay, I said, um, did you have more of those chips than I thought you did? And she's like, maybe. And then she <laughs> brings the bag back. She ate like half the bag of the chips, yeah. and I was oh. like, wait, what? You? And I looked at her, I'm like. Have diet, you know you have diabetes, right? Like, and she's like laughing, and I'm like, I said, what happened? She goes, I, I don't know, I just they were good. I just ate them. <laughs> and I was like, and I, and whose fault is that? I mean, I guess yeah. it's my fault. Like, I or it's her, you know, but it doesn't matter. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. So, well, she, the thing yeah. that trips me up, um, it was so funny because right after my son was diagnosed, so April, May, he eats waffles every day for breakfast, like the Eggo waffles you buy in the, you know, the mm-hmm. yellow. Um, thing. So I had looked at it and I was like, oh, it's 30 carbs. Um, and so I was, I was giving him insulin for two waffles, which I thought was 60, um, 60 
carbs. Right. Well, then, like, two mo- he was going low every day at school. And then, like, two months later, I looked a little closer at the box, and I was like, oh, two waffles it's are 30 carbs. carbs. <laughs> but see, now, I, that's a great example. Me, like, two months later. And I was like, I've been giving too much insulin for two months because I thought it was. <laughs> see, I'm so glad you told that story, though, Jess, because, listen, how low was he getting at school? Like, I mean, not terribly low, but. Put a number on it for me. It was like like sixty. Okay. Like so then here's the great here's the great lesson back from this one. You <laughs> thought you were giving you thought you were giving the correct amount of insulin. Yeah. By what the package said, you were giving twice the amount you should have been, and he was only sixty. Yeah. Which means if you give insulin for the correctly based on the box, he's going to get high afterwards. Yeah. And have you found and- that? I think sometimes like things are incorrect, like those chicken fries. I'm pretty sure that the package is wrong. Um, like a couple times, like he'll grab. You have to be really careful with servings because he loves Doritos. So one time he we were at like a gas station and he grabbed a pack, and I looked at it and I didn't look at the servings closely enough. And I go, okay, you know, 20 carbs, whatever that seems right. Well, it was like 2.5 servings per bag. So really it was like 40, you know, whatever. 50, so, um, yeah. And, and yeah. here's the thing too. <laughs> I will say this to you. I'm pretty confident saying this. The carbs and processed food are more impactful on your blood sugar than than more natural foods. Yeah. Like yeah. like they just are. And so For sure, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe we'll, you'll get a pump one day and you can start adding like temporary basal rates to things and – you know, we do that kind of thing all the time. Last night, I think we had baked chicken with, I had mashed potatoes left over. So I like twice baked, I kind of cheated twice baked them. And, yeah. and, um, and I think we had like bagel bread or something. So there's a lot <laughs> of carbs. And so we pre bolus the meal and I, I doubled Arden's basil for 90 minutes afterwards. Like I was just like, you know, her basil is moved up again. I think it's more like, my gosh, maybe I should know better. But I think it's 0.8 or 0.9 an hour. It's almost up to a unit an hour. And I just mm-hmm. I just doubled it on top yeah. of the on top of the pre-bolus. And everything was really good. Because well, once those carbs mm-hmm. start working, you just need more. You, you, you know, so Yeah. And and I think that's probably a lot with why he's probably running high. My son has never met a piece of processed food he didn't like. So um, <laughs> he's like he told me he doesn't like real mashed potatoes. He only likes the box. So I'm the like, food you I'm make hoping, sucks, Mom. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm hoping as he gets older he like realizes, oh, like whole foods are great for you. But um right now You're you know, where you're at. Yeah. And and yeah. it's a, it's a bigger fight than, than most people have. So um you said you're so. What do you think your odds are of getting him on a on an insulin pump? Or is it going to be like are you going to have to bribe him? Do you think? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So my plan is he's got a a visit scheduled in November. I'm going to try to get him to do the demo. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, it's the demo. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> I have the package for the demo sitting on my um my countertop. Um, you do have it. I don't have the actual unit yet, but I have all the you know information on how to get it. And so okay. we actually showed it to him the last time he was there, and he just looked at it, and he just pushed it with his finger like, no, I'm not ready for that yet. So um, uh, no, I was you. like, okay, well, next time we're going we're gonna to try it out, okay? And um, What if you stuck the demo on your arm? Do you think it being there would like entice him to wonder? I actually just saw something like some dad that had done that for their kid on like Facebook or mm-hmm. something. 
And I was like, oh, that's a totally great idea. So I think I will try that. Like, um, I have done, um, I haven't done a Dex, but I did, you know, I, when he was first diagnosed, I would prick my finger with him and, and, and do that. And he, and I let him prick my finger. So, uh, he got a big kick out of that. So he probably would like that. So yeah, I'll, that might be, I'll try well, that. Well, and, listen, when you use the link in the show notes, um, to, uh, to, to, to order your demo pod, um, I would just ask them, like, if there's a way to ask them, like, just send me an extra one so I can show oh, it to yeah. my son first. I'm sure, I'm sure they would, honestly, yeah. you know, so. I've heard great things about um, their customer service. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm sure they would. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't imagine that they wouldn't. I think they'd be excited to help you, actually. So, yeah. that's, all right. So, we didn't get as deep into a couple of things as I wanted to as we come up on an hour. So, let me, let me ask you this a little bit. Um, I mean, I think I have the general understanding. It's, you know, taking care of your son with with autism and and diabetes is, it's a lot like taking care of of any other 11-year-old with diabetes with the exception of things like, you know, the the sensory issues and that he won't reach out and tell you how he's feeling and things like that. And so it's not, I guess it's not, I don't want to say it's not as different because it's obviously more, but Mm -hmm. it's not... It's not in your description hitting me as more as much more as I thought it was going to be for some reason. Like you seem reasonably sane is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I thought you would just be like a babbling loon. You'd just be like, Oh my god, the diabetes now like you know, like because but are you getting there? <laughs> you should have checked me like five years ago. Okay. I mean, we didn't have the the diabetes, but I was trying to work full time. And then I was trying to take my son to like all these therapy things, like speech and occupational therapy, and this and that and the other. And like I was going insane. Was and so out. finally, I just said, I can't, I can't do everything. I I can't do this. And luckily, I was in a position where um, I didn't have to work. And so, to make to life easier, um, my daughter a- actually has um, some issues too. So I just I stay at home. I take them to their doctor's visits and um, or do all the things. <laughs> well, that's good. That's listen. There's only so much you can do. I yeah. I, I told my wife this morning. I've known for six months that there was something pretty wrong with my shoulder, and I kept pu- putting it off. Like oh, after the summer, after this, after that, and then finally, uh, a handful of weeks ago, I tried walking somewhere while holding a bottle of water, and that was mm-hmm. impossible. And I'm like, you know oh, what? No. I probably need to do something. Yeah. Um. And as caregivers, we take care of ourselves the last because we always have to worry about everybody else. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I, but I finally gave in, and so I've scheduled the surgery and things like that. Um, there'll actually be a gap where I won't be able to do any podcasts for a couple of weeks. I, I, mm-hmm. The doctors explained to me that I'll probably pretty much be laying around just trying not to move. No. Um, but, but nevertheless, like I'm in constant pain at the moment, and it's draining me. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like on top of everything else, and what I'm noticing is I'm sleeping through the Dexcom alarms at night now. Oh, like, okay. I yeah. just I found the limit where my body doesn't care that there's something else that needs to happen. Like like mm-hmm. you know, like I've gotten past that now, and so yeah. my wife's been <clears throat> kind of picking up the slack for me there. Um, by picking up the slack, <laughs> I mean she wakes me up now. Like she kicks yeah. me and says like, like hey, hey the um... Dexcoms. I'm like, well, if you heard it, you're already awake. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, along with the autism, um, 
Yeah, I get. I have to go to the school a lot. Mm-hmm. If it's not for the autism, it's for um for the diabetes. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, hey, it's so me. I'm, <laughs> I'm either at the school or I'm taking the kid to like some kind of doctor's appointment or you know there's something that I have to do. I'm like pretty busy all the time taking mm-hmm. care of the diabetes, and I give mad props to the parents who have to work. You know, 40 hours a week. They don't have a choice. You know, they have to work, right. and then they're trying to do all this other stuff, and um. It's it's exhausting. It really is. Um, I don't know how some you know people do. It. I don't know. Like people tell me, like I don't know how you do it. And when you're in the situation, you just do it, right? I sure. mean, you just you right. just have to get the job done. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but so you actually still look at. There are other people you look at and you're like, wow, I don't know how they are accomplishing all this. Right. I will. Um, when my son was um, younger in our area, we had um, our school district had like a floor time kind of thing where they did um, autism therapy. It was preschool level and it was an amazing program, but you had to go in like three times a week. Mm-hmm. And there was this mom who had twins that had autism Jesus. and they were very severe. And I would always just be like, oh, thank God I don't have twins with autism. But, the, you know, and probably at the time I would have thought, well, thank God he doesn't have anything else wrong with him. And they always say, oh, well, it, you know, you might have um, diabetes, but thank God it's not worse, like, mm-hmm. you know, cancer or something like that. But, right. you know, it's a challenge. And um, so the message here is when Jess feels bad for you, you're screwed. I have a lot of empathy and understanding for people of um, that have all sorts of challenges, of you know, because uh, you feel like you can empathize in some way, even though if your kid doesn't have cancer or you know some other life afflicting horrible disease you still feel like oh they're kindred because you understand you know yeah. you're like i've been there in the hospital or i've been to going to the therapy um it's amazing how many friends i've made sitting in um therapy you know waiting rooms waiting for my kid to come out of occupational therapy yeah, um, sure. <laughs> i've made lots of friends um yeah because sure. you're finally like look there's somebody living my life as the, on the caregiver side you know yeah. it's yeah somebody will understand if i flake on them for a lunch appointment at the last second or yeah or you know that i could talk to who won't just stare back at me thinking i'm complaining it's yeah. funny one yeah. of my best friends her son also has autism and we kind of met at the therapy place and our sons do not get along. And sometimes you'll see that with autism. Um, the kind of like what one kid's, how he presents, kind of irritates the other one or mm-hmm. tricks them in some way. So even though we're the bestest of friends, our kids do not get along. So anytime we try to do um, any kind of activity, like um, her son has a lot of stimming and stimming drives my son at the wall, it's always a challenge. You know, it's like we kind of want to hang out together. But we have these kids we have to kind of <laughs> um, That's really – that so. it makes sense, and it's interesting at the same time. So Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, it can affect anybody. Um, yeah. Autism is a silent a- epidemic in this country, and diabetes is too. And they can both affect you. And, you know, if, you, if your kid has some kind of issue – it's, it's something that you need to be aware of, especially if they, if they're not very, um, don't have very good communication skills. If they have apraxia, or if they have uh, a more severe form of autism or intellectual disability, and they don't have the communication skills, it's important to know the warning signs of diabetes. Um, and Even you, more so. Yeah, yeah. And and to know that it can it can affect you. Right. Well. Okay. Well, just we are right at an hour. Um, you were fantastic. Did you get through your notes? I know you told me you had notes. I did. I just had statistics. That's good, though. I've never <laughs> want, made a note for the podcast. I wanted to talk to you about this. <laughs> um, 
now, you know, in 1958, about 1% of the population had diabetes. Now 7% of the U.S. population has some type of diabetes. So right. it's a growing problem. And, and with that, there's going to be people that have a double whammy of some kind. Yeah, and, and it's, it's obviously more and more uh, possible as those numbers grow. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out. I think that's why I just wanted to come on the podcast Mo- mostly is just to tell you to pay attention and yeah, you know. know the symptoms, you know, increased thirst, increased urination, um, irritability, sores that don't heal. My son had all of those and I, I chose to ignore it or not acknowledge it for many months until it was brought to my attention and then it all clicked into place. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on and I want to wish you, you know, great luck you and Scott and your daughter and your husband and that top top little corner you're in in Chicago up there in the very very, very <laughs> corner of Chicago almost uh, to Wisconsin <laughs> it, it, almost to Wisconsin it, it's yeah. uh it's really cold there so good luck um <laughs> it it's it, the winters are I don't understand why you all don't leave perfectly honestly. <laughs> I, just like, I, I got getting... a snowblower for the first time bought it on <laughs> the July off of Craigslist I haven't used it yet I'm super excited <laughs> 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 Again, Craigslist snowblower would have been a great title for this episode, but I don't think that it in any way uh, describes what we're doing here. So, well, thank you really uh, a ton for coming on. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah, and best of luck. Awesome. Thank you, Jess, for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story and Scott's story. Big thanks to Dexcom and Omnipod for sponsoring the podcast and helping it stay free for you. Use the link in your show notes or type it right in your browser, www.dexcom.com forward slash juicebox and www.myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Find out more today. What else? Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. If you're not enjoying the podcast, don't do that. I mean, if you're not enjoying the podcast, how did you make it an hour into this episode? Okay, what am I going to leave you with? This. The next episode, episode 100, I have something special in store. Mm, You're going to love it. Or you won't like it. I don't know. How am I going to know what you want? All right, listen. I'm going to leave you with this. This is uh, Jess and I trying to hear each other at the beginning of the podcast. It was edited out, but it's just funny. She just keeps saying hello. Hello. Test, test, test. Hello. Testing. Hello, hello, hello. 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 Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you great. I got it. I had to change the setting. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear me now okay? 
I do. <laughs> there you go. I was typing and typing, and I was like, she'll look down. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I have a funky setup, so. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Plus, we have a great two minutes of you yelling hello into the recorder, so that's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I think, I think I might end a podcast with it. You're just yelling hello. Hello, hello. <laughs>